improvement. Seems to me you're just plain scared. Yes. Yeah, I, I am. Uh, I met him 15 years ago. I, I was told there was nothing left. No reason, no uh, conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of life or death, of, of good or evil, right or wrong. I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. I spent eight years trying to reach him and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. What do we do? He's been here once tonight. I think he'll come back. I'm going to wait for him. I still think I should notify the radio and television. No. If you do that, they'll see him on every street corner. They'll look for him in every house. Just tell your men to keep their mouths shut and their eyes open. I'll check back in an hour. I absolutely love that scene. It will always be one of my favorite scenes and favorite moments in cinema. Welcome everyone to a, an episode of Conversation with Shelby Green. This one, ladies and gentlemen, is the one that everybody's been asking me about. Everybody knows who I am and what I am and what I do. I am a Halloween fanatic, as anybody knows. And I apologize if I sound a little bit under the weather. I've been sick the last couple of days. been battling the flu. No, I do not have COVID. Um, took the test three, three times now, and I've passed every one of them. So I'm not, I'm not positive for COVID. But I am um, under the weather a little bit, as you can tell. I'm a little uh, little sick, but I promise you guys I can end an episode out for you. I appreciate all the feedback on the Extreme Rules. Um, the Extreme Rules um, uh, the show I did. But today we're talking about Halloween ends. And today I'm going to give you my thoughts on the film, why I like it. And I'm going to continue to think of why I think it gets too much flack and bullshit we've been hearing from people. I'm going to give you the rank of the Halloween franchise. And I'm going to let you know what I think the Halloween franchise should go after this. So, we're going to get into it. So, obviously, Halloween Ends is the third film. The third film of a trilogy directed by uh, David Gordon Green. David Gordon Green, written by Danny McBride, Chris Burnett, and Paul Brad Logan, and David Gordon Green. Characters are based by John Carpenter and the late, great Deborah Hill. And produced by Jason Blum, Malcolm Akkad, and Bill Block. Starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Andy McClive, Rowan Campbell, Will Patton, Kylie, Kylie, Kyle, Kyle Richard, Kylie Richards, and James Drew Courtney as The Shape. So obviously everybody knows me. This was my most anticipated film of the year. I honestly thought that this would be the film that I would end up loving the most this year. And it turns out it is not. I walked in after seeing the reviews that came out earlier. And I walked in thinking, you know, <clears throat> maybe I was, um, you know, maybe I got my, in, my hopes too high. I heard some negative things about it. It, I was down in uh, South Carolina with a family vacation. My girlfriend, my stepson, we went down to Myrtle Beach, and I can't tell you how much fun we had with that. But we started. Um, we started. Um, you know, we. I told him the, the main thing I wanted to do, even though the the movie was on Peacock, I wanted to watch the film in theaters. I am a supporter of the franchise. I will continue to be the supporter of the franchise, and I will always have a. Um, you know, the. the 
you know, I've always been one of those people like I like it's kind of becoming a lost art because of COVID. But everything's going to streaming services. Nobody goes to the movie theater anymore, and I, I kind of hate that. I understand times have changed, but I don't. I, I'm not one thing I don't like change. I, I like going to movie theater just to relax and get away, skip reality, in my form or fashion. I mean, sometimes you know we, you know, sometimes people who deal with anxiety and stuff like that. Sometimes that's like get away from life. Sometimes we need to go and get away from things like that, and that's one of my. Uh, my things. And I apologize you guys can't hear me. I'm still battling the weather. I'm trying to deal with my microphone and get it up higher so you guys can hear me. I'm trying to get my voice high, but it won't let me go that high. So anyway. <coughs> Excuse me. So basically, you know, you know, Halloween ends is a three years, three years basically of what happened with Michael Myers and Halloween Kills, which I am a fan of Halloween Kills. And I think it, it's another film gets too much flack and bullshit from people. But I will say Halloween night, you know, the film starts off on Halloween night in 2019, and there's a new character, Corey Cunningham, who I'm going to give you my honest opinion about this as, the, as I go on talking about this. He decides he's going to be, he is shown riding a bike to this house, and he is going to, um, as he's going to, he is dating, he is babysitting a young boy named Jeremy as his parents go out to a Halloween party that night. And of course, you know, you know, they're he you know the, his father's giving him the rundown of what he can and can't do, and all this other stuff, and everything. And as soon as you meet Corey, you know, Corey's really, you know, he's a he's a little bit of a nerdy kid. You know, he's well dressed, got his glasses, curly hair. You know, just a typical teenage boy gonna have a good time. And of course, you know, he's someone we're gonna, you know, at the end of it, you know, his parents tell him Jeremy what he can and can't do, and it what it was. Of course, you know. Um, you know, and while the, the film starts off, you know, Corey says, it's Halloween, we're going to have fun. It cuts away to them watching a horror film. And, of course, Michael Myers gets brought up. And Michael Myers gets brought up, and obviously, you know, he uh, he always, you know, he talks about Myers. He only, he goes after, he doesn't kill kids. Jeremy made a comment, he goes, he kills, he kills babysitters, doesn't kill kids, which is basically true. Um, except for that kid, he, his neck, he, the next snap of the kid he did in 2018. But it was a good, uh, you know, good little scene or whatever. And of course, you know, then Jeremy, uh, I mean, sorry, Corey gets up and he goes to the kitchen and obviously he sees the chocolate, I think it was a chocolate cake and a knife and the back door flies open all of a sudden. There's a little thing in the house that alludes to you that somebody's in the house and, <clears throat> you know, so Corey goes up and he, he, He's the knife. He walks to the kitchen, and obviously they, they do a shot where the knife is missing, and the knife is missing now. And now Corey's panicking, like, "Holy shit! What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do?" So he's up there, and he hears Jeremy screaming. So he walks upstairs, and Corey's doing the frantic, like he's nervous, he's scared, you know, whatever. I mean, as I'm saying the scene, I'm starting to sweat right now, and um, he does that whole thing, and obviously, you know, Jeremy is a, uh, you know, he walks into this, this nice attic. This attic, and honestly, it was kind of reminded me. The attic kind of reminded me of the scene in Halloween Four where Rachel and Jamie are running from Michael. It kind of had that feel of that attic. And people who are hot or a um, who are hardcore fans of the franchise or even casual friends of the franchise know what scene I'm talking about. Halloween Four, but go to it. So as this is going on, Jeremy's um, um, Jeremy's parents are pulling up to the house. Perfect timing, right? Next thing you know. Corey's locked in the house. He goes, he goes, Jeremy, he's locked in. Jeremy pulled a prank on him. He's, you know, he's trying to kick the door, kick the door, kick the door, kick the door, kick the door. And all of a sudden, as he kicks the door, Jeremy fumbles back and he falls down over the ledge and ends up dying. A scene I will add that I did not expect coming kind of blew me away a little bit. Honestly, I was kind of shocked by that. And I was like, what the fuck? 
what are we going to do? And, of course, you see the cops arrest Jeremy. And, I'm uh, oh, sorry, arrest Corey over the death of Jeremy. It was an accident. And, oh, you know, and then the film talks about how, and then we go to three years later, and it talks talks about the town of Haddonfield, Illinois, and how it's cursed. You know, the aftermath of, you know, Michael, when he won that killing spree in 2018. And you get things where you see, you know, people are dying. People are dead. You see Oscar's mom, I think it was, the character from the first <coughs> first film. You know, the, the I like rock and roll scene, the scene where Michael kills him <coughs> in the yard. Excuse me. And he, Allison reveals him as he's, he's like stuck him through the thing. You see, I think it's Oscar's mom. Is, is she's She hung herself in Oscar's clothes. You see that? And, of course, Lori is there with her hand over her mouth. You know, the whole thing. And... The whole thing, and you see what's going on. So obviously they're going through the thing, and obviously three years, you know, they talk about three years, or whatever. Lori is kind of, she's writing a book or a memoir, if you will, about her life. She's getting through her things, you know. She's getting her life together in a lot of ways about certain things. She she's getting to, you know, she's trying to move on with her life. You know, it's been four years, and this is another thing I will argue. I'm not a fan of the time jump. I felt like the jump should have been two years instead of four. I didn't like the four year jump, obviously. You know, she's living with Allison. They got a nice little house. And if I'm the only one correct, doesn't that house look like the home in Halloween Five, or the one the Jamie's house, the Jamie's house in Halloween Four? It got it has that feel of that that old that that old house from the '80s. And people know, so a little homage to Halloween Four and Five. But you know, obviously, you know, Lori talks about you know they can't find Michael. Um, they they tore his, they demolished his house. There's a lot of things that they don't, they haven't seen. And another thing I will say that Halloween Ends does throughout this, they scale back on a lot of the violence, on the a, a lot of the violence, and whatever. And then I think we, as the the scene goes on, with Lori, you know, she's talking to Allison and um, Allison and of course um, uh, Kylie, Kylie, um, Kylie Richards is over there as Lindsay, excuse me. She's over there. They're all hanging out. And Lori does this quotation, like, you need to grab life, life by the tits or whatever, which was kind of comical in a lot of ways. And I think that's when they cut back to Corey now, who has been, he was charged with manslaughter, but he got off on it. He was cleared of manslaughter charges. He's working now on his dad, his stepdad's salvage yard. So you can tell that, and he, Corey's a little bit more darker than what he, he was. He, his tone of the first and first, him, he's very light going, very, you know, positive, and now he's kind of in a, like, he's got a little bit of a darkness to him now, you know, he, he you know, he works at a junkyard now, he's kind of quiet, he's very timid, you know, little things like that, um, so, obviously, you know, they, they go through it where they fast forward, and the, the, not fast forward, but they go dump to a scene where there's a homeless man picking up, um, some garbage in a shopping cart, and he's walking, and they pan to the, one of the sewers, and you know, in that sewer from the trailers, you're like, there's Michael. That's where he's been hiding. But nobody can find him, obviously. So, obviously, Lori, um, we tend to Corey. He's riding a bike, and he's drinking some. He goes to pick up some chocolate milk or something like that. And he's confronted for some people, I think, high school bullies. And they tell him, he goes, oh, aren't you the kid that ended up? No, they wanted to buy beer, excuse me. They wanted him to buy some beer, and he turned him down. And then they started talking shit to Corey or whatever. He Corey, he gets, he snaps, and he busts the bottle. So, obviously, you know that. There's something going on with Corey. So then uh, Lori pulls up, and the kid's talking about, oh, you're the batshit crazy kid, girl, that will whatever, blah, 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 blah. And then Lori walks up to Corey and goes, she takes the knife out, and 
She takes the knife out and she slashes the guys. She goes, what tire you want to slash? They slash the tires. His hands all busted up. Corey then takes him to, then takes him to where Allison's working at the hospital, the nurse, the, where she's working at. And you can see that Allison and Corey kind of hit it off in a way. By the way, the look of Allison, Allison's a little bit more, she cut her hair shorter. She's a little bit more, She, you know, she's a little bit more palish in her face. So she suffered from her, you know, her mother dying, her dad dying. Obviously, she lost her mom and her dad. So, and a swig of big red for the working man. But you see that she's affecting it. And you can tell she kind of likes Corey. She starts stitch, stitching his hand up. They start talking a little bit. And, you know, uh, you know, they start talking. So then the next, I believe the next scene is where, um, you know, Allison's driving. She's got some issues with her car. And a cop pulls over, comes out. It's an ex-boyfriend of Allison's. And, you know, he's doing little things like, you don't call me no more, blah, 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 whatever. And so, and, um, so, you know, Lori kind of mentions is that, you know, Alice and Corey should start talking or start dating or whatever. And they go to a, um, they, she invites them to a Halloween party. They end up going. And um, it's a cool little scene. You get a nice little cool cameo by the original, the original OG shape, uh, Nick Castle. See anything you like, it kind of, that, that made me pop in a the movie theater. I laughed at that. And then you see, and then Corey runs into Jeremy, the little boy that died three years ago, runs into his mom. And they basically, um, they, he forces her out. And then Corey basically has a nervous breakdown now. And they're on the, like the road, like a highway road, sort of in town. And like, she's like, I care about you. I like you. And they both been through trauma or whatever. So you can feel this emotional connection between them both, between them both. And I think that's the thing. With them, you you honestly feel for Corey because he can't get away from this. He can't get away from this. He can't get away from this. So obviously, <coughs> Corey has an argument with Allison. He leaves the party, and then the bullies end up finding Corey on the on this street that has a bridge. The same bridge that Allison got stopped on on her way to work by the cop. So the cops get into it, and there's one of the bullies is one of the people that's part of this bully with the bullies is kind of like trying to get them away, like. Get away from him. Don't get away from him. You're like, get away from whatever, blah, 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 blah. And of course, uh, excuse me, of course, um, Corey fights back a little bit, but they dump him over the bridge onto the ground. And of course, he's fine. So Corey, you know, he lands. You think they kill him. The bullies think he killed. They kill him. They drive all like nothing. They act, they, the one, the, the lead bullies is like, Tell them, well, I didn't see shit. Y'all didn't see shit. That type of thing. It's like when you give. A, it kind of reminds me when you when back in high school when you got a piece of gun from somebody. You got that gun. You like, you didn't see nothing, so don't say nothing. Type shit. Little wink. But they leave, and then of course all of a sudden Corey's laying there flat, and then suddenly he gets he gets he's getting dragged by his feet into the sewer, and the homeless man kind of looks over the corner of his eye and he's kind of like observing what's going on. Corey wakes up. He's in this, he's in this sewer type thing. He's in it. And obviously he, uh, he, um, he gets, um, he gets in the sewer obviously. And Corey wakes up. He's startled. He's like dizzy. He doesn't know where he's at. He's walking on his feet. And all of a sudden he walks through the, through a cobwebs. And all of a sudden somebody sticks their hands out and grabs him by the throat. And it's Michael. And Michael is, you know, Michael's looking at him. He kind of turns his head and tilts his head a little bit at him. And Corey kind of 
kind of freaks, and Michael like sees the vision in his eyes of what happened with Corey. Somehow Michael sees it, and all of a sudden, Corey, um, Corey, he Michael just lets Corey go, and Corey kind of walks away, and then all of a sudden Corey like gets down, it's like a transformation happens or something like that, and then the Halloween theme music comes up. By the way, we'll put this in Halloween ends. The best score, score, score of this franchise soundtrack from Todd Bowles since the original film. The the soundtrack in this has been fucking awesome. It's damn John Carpenter did a good job on this soundtrack. So Corey, now they do a pan bitch, like a kind of a tilted camera. He's walking out of the tunnel and he's kind of dizzy these days. And then the homeless man, there's the homeless man that's outside confronts Corey. He confronts him and he's talking about goes, I want how why are you coming out there? He drags people in all the time. Why are you why are you out here? Like, I want the mask. And basically, the, the homeless man tries to stab him, and Corey ends up turning over stabbing him. And he dies. He died, and the homeless man dies. So, Corey and Allison, Corey finds Allison, obviously. And <clears throat> Corey finds Allison, obviously. They get to a situation where he, um, he, uh, you know, they, he tells her, starts talking to her, so they go out on a dinner date. And first off, I want to take a little scene. The scene where Allison comes home, he's dealing with trauma with his mother and the stepdad. His mother is a loudmouth. His boy can't do no harm. He, she's overprotective, but she nags at him, nags at him, nags at him, nags at him, nags at him to a point it's like whatever. But obviously, you know, they get do the whole thing with, um, you know, Corey and, uh, you know, Corey finds Allison, they start talking, they go out on a date to like a little, like a little dine-in, like a little diner, it looks like a big old school restaurant, and they're sitting having dinner, and the cop that Allison dates kind of confronts him, and immediately Corey's telling her, telling him to back off, they get into him, and the cop, the police officer, gives him, gives Corey a bunch of shit or whatever, and whatever, so, and then, obviously, um, Corey and uh, Corey drops Allison off, and obviously the cop is following Corey. Cop follows, and Corey knows it too. He knows it. He pulls over down there to the sewers. He walks in. The cop follows him in there. The cop is doing an investigation, and he finds a tent. Where he opens up the tent, he finds the homeless man. The homeless man is dead. The homeless man is dead. He finds the so he goes into the sewer, and um, he's trying to find Corey. And Good's pain where. You know, the homeless man does his thing, and he pans over the light, the light, but Michael is in the shadows. And the way Michael was paying, Michael's suits all, his, his you know, his coverall suits all dusted, so he kind of blended in with the, with it. And then finally the the, uh, off, the cop flashes his light, and he sees Corey. Michael jumps out of nowhere and grabs the cop, but Michael obviously is at a weaker state, you know, and people were bitching on this line about how weak Michael looked in the film. I want to point this out. Michael Myers is four years removed from having his fingers blown off, being set on fire, attacked by a mob, and everything else. It's been four years. So why would Michael not be weak? He's also 65 years old. Think about that. So then, <clears throat> in this timeline, so then, obviously, you know, <clears throat> Corey, Corey fucking jumps down. Michael, get, Michael gets knocked down, and he grabs the cop, and he's he knocks the cop down. He grabs the cop. And he goes, "Do it, do it!" He yells, "Do it, do it!" And Michael Michael gets up, leans over. He grabs his knife, and he slices 
The cop's throat and the cop falls down, obviously. Corey has a pin deck and Michael stabs him in the chest. As soon as Michael stabs him in his chest, Michael starts like shaking. Like he started to transcend. Now he's killing And then Michael starts stabbing him and stabbing him and stabbing him and stabbing him. And then all of a sudden, Michael turns up and Michael gets that built back where Michael is back. Michael Myers is back and now he's whatever. So then we go back to. You know, we go back to Allison. Allison is fight for his promotion at her job. And obviously, uh, she gets gets passed on. Allison's kind of treated like shit by her head doctor and this nurse. Come to find out the nurse and the doctor are having a um, are having an, a, 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 are having a relationship. That's why she gets a promotion. And obviously, it's made known for Allison and him. So Allison, in relation, she finds out what's going on with her and Corey. And of course, you know... Corey ends up, you know, he he yelled, he showed, he yells at Michael, show me how to kill people, show me how Michael was doing it, and Corey shows up in the mask he wear, he wore, on um, the party with Allison, and he's got, I think he put the, he turns all the lights out at this nice house, he attacks the doctor, and as the 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 woman walks by, the woman walks by, who is, um, um, uh, excuse me. <laughs> The sickness has got my me being sick has got me going all over the place. The the nurse that um, the doctor's having the affair with, she ends up turning the lights on. She sees Corey's got a plastic bag over his um, his doctor's the doctor's head. He's stabbing him and he gets up and the nurse closes the door and Corey's trying to get it. He bangs on the walls and I think Corey takes his mask off or whatever that he was wearing. All of a sudden she gets on the she gets on the phone and Michael appears. Michael shows up. He bum rushes her, pins her up against the wall, and does a stab, a couple stabs, a little homage. Leaves her hanging from Halloween 1978. I like that. Michael does a head kill and everything else. By the way, I will say this: James Hugh Courtney is the best Michael Myers we've ever had on, on screen. I will give that credit to him. And also, I want to apologize. I skipped over a scene where Lori is in the in the um, <clears throat> she's in the grocery store shopping. She runs into Hos, Hos, Hoskins, Haskins, and um, they talk or whatever, and they kind of flirt with each other a little bit. And Lori's all happy and everything. And then Lori sees one of the nurses, one of the people that was attacked by um, by Myers. She's confronted that she can't speak her no more or whatever. And uh, she ends up, um, you know, she can't speak or whatever. She lost her husband or anything else because of that. And, of course, you know, um, the lady's giving shit. You can see Lori has a trauma about what happened. And it was just, it was just, it was just a cold-hearted scene. You can see Haskins is kind of... Frank Hawkins, excuse me, Hawkins is kind of, um, you know, feeling for her and everything else. And I will say this, the one big negative with me on this film, there was not enough Hawkins or Lindsay Wallace in this. I felt like they both could have been in this film a little bit more. But I understand what they were going with, but whatever. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, Also, we'll say this, then, um, you know, she, you know, Corey's past trauma of certain things. You know, Lori senses something's going on. And there was a scene where Lori pulls up to the house and Corey and um, she pulls up to the house and she sees that Corey and Alice are going upstairs basically to have sex. And it's kind of a scene where, um, what was it, where uh, the first Halloween where Michael does the pan vision and he's seeing his sister Judith go up in the house with her boyfriend. It's kind of that scene. But um, if you look at it, um, if you look in the distance, you see Michael put his hand on the tree Michael was seeing Lori, and I knew right then and there, and I said, uh-oh, he sees what's going on. So Michael is kind of using Corey in a way for the 
they're both using each other. Corey is using Michael to learn how to kill and to get, get back at the people that have done him wrong in some way. And Michael is kind of using Corey to get to Lori and Allison, which I kind of like. I like that idea. Good little cool concept. And Corey, you know, after the doctor scene, they go back. Al, uh, Corey takes Allison to the house where, you know, the house that Jeremy died in from the, first, the opening of the film. He And she, she walks by the piano, puts her hand on the piano. They do the whole scene split. Talks about what he wanted with life and everything else. And then they, they go back to that house later, which to me, this is my favorite scene in the film, is when, is when Lori... Is when Lori uh, Corey is laying in the middle of the bed, uh, laying in the middle of the uh, the house, and he's waking by a chair banging on the wall, and it's Lori standing there. And this is where Jamie Lee Curtis is so good. She basically lets him know that you know this and that, yada yada yada, and he basically said she basically told him to stay the fuck away from Allison. And Jeremy says, "Well, you're the one that got us together," and yada yada yada, and all this other shit. And of course, you know, <coughs> excuse me. Dehydrate a little bit. Um, he says, if I can't have her, no one can. And as he turns his back, Lori's gone. So he, then it goes, and then all of a sudden, it goes, it jumps right back, goes to October 31st. So these events are happening free loom to Halloween. So then Corey shows up to the sewers, and he confronts Michael, and he goes, I need your mask. They get into a fight. And this is the thing everybody bitched about was he was able to take Michael down. Listen, Michael is 64, 65 years old. He needs a little bit of advantage. Corey came on head on, got him down. He takes his mask, he runs off. And obviously, um, and then obviously, you know, Michael put and he puts and then in the background, Michael does a little sit-up and turns his head, which is a little homage to whatever. And I can see why my goat the goat, the Undertaker, stole that because it's so effective. Again, Goosebumps right now talking about that scene. So then he goes, and this is the whole thing where you know, Lori and Allison are starting to fight. Allison's going to leave with Corey, and Lori's trying to stop him. And then Allison blames Lori for Michael's actions because she wouldn't, she wouldn't leave him the fuck alone, blah, 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 blah. And this is when Corey starts going to a fucking rampage. Because earlier, you know, the, the, he talked, he kept mentioning, let's burn the whole town down. Allison's with him. They're going to leave. And kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde vibe with these two, except. Allison's not part of the action. Corey's doing all the planning. So they had an issue when they went to the radio tower where Lori was, before that, was stalking Corey and um, Allison. This is before uh, Lori confronted Corey in the house. I apologize. I just remember this scene where the real DJ makes fun of them both, puts them down or whatever, and whatever. So Corey gets the sewers. He gets Michael's mask. The whole Allison and Lori having a fight, yada, yada, yada. And then Corey goes on a, on a rampage, and he starts fucking with the bullies. And I will admit, these were some badass kills. He puts the Myers mask and suit on. No, he has his own dress suit, but he puts the mask on. And he starts going on a rampage. He, uh, you know, he kills one kid. He, I think he, he burns another kid. He stomps another kid's face in, um, just whatever. And then his stepdad gets killed in an accident with a gunshot wound. Then he goes on and kills his mother off screen, which was a really effective scene the way it was shot. And then the Rayo DJ, the most great, the best kill in this whole, the, my favorite second favorite kill in this this franchise, my second favorite kill in this movie, excuse me. And I and also the the scene I laughed out loud where he cuts 
he bashes the radio's head, the radio's DJ's head, and then cuts his tongue off, and then the radio's dead, and then the 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 the, the, uh, the disc is still playing with his tongue on, and Lori's fucking with the thing or whatever, or Allison is, and she's trying to text Corey, she can't get a hold of Corey, and then Lori's at the house, Lori calls nine one one and says I'm right point of suicide, needs the address because she knows Corey's coming for her. She lures Corey in and shoots him down the stairs. And I saw, I want to take back, Lori's wearing the same kind of attire she wore in the first Halloween film, which I thought that was really cool. <clears throat> so Lori, you know, she shoots him down the stairs and whatever. And she runs down and goes, whatever you're here to kill me, so do it. And he fucking, Corey stabs himself in the neck. And it's that time, she pulls him, she goes, Lori goes, God damn it. She goes, pulls his knife out of his neck. And then Allison walks in and she sees what did you do? What did she do? So Lori and they have this scene. Allison leaves, and next thing you know, um, Lori's in the kitchen, I believe, of the kitchen, and she looks, she looks at her kitchen doors open, and then all of a sudden, she feels something knocking. And Lori kind of goes from straight face to like, the fuck, and Michael, and then you see a hand pick up, and Michael gets his mask back, and. Corey awakens to grab Michael, and Michael puts his hand around his throat. He gets down, puts his hand around his throat. They do a flashback sequence of the whole Michael sees things, and he snaps Corey's neck. Fair kill in the movie, by the way. Great kill. And then Michael and Lori, we get classic Myers and Lori, a badass fight, hellacious fight. Michael gets pinned by a refrigerator. They stab Michael in the armpit. Lori gets choked. They break Michael's arm. They slit his fucking throat. They slit his fucking wrist. And then the Haskins shows up and he goes, she, Lori, after the fight and everything else, Allison comes back, her and her mother kind of reconcile what was going on. And, um, basically, uh, Myers is, uh, she lets Haskins know he's dead. Then the, the sheriff of the town, which is only in this, who's only in this film for a cameo, basically, which I thought was a wasted opportunity. He says, well, we're going to do this thing in different style. And they basically take Myers, they take him down to the hood of a car they take him to the junkyard and they basically put him in a shredder and he's dead. And the whole town was in it. And the, the key word was Haddonfield needed healing from this, which I got. And then, you know, Lori and Allison reconcile. Basically, they see Allison leaving. Uh, Allison leaves Haddonfield. Lori finishes her book and she and uh, she and uh, Haskins, Hawkins, excuse me. I don't know why I keep calling him Haskins, but Hawkins and her or having a good time, they're talking or whatever. At the end of it, they say they talk about cherry blossoms and they do the old school pan where remember the original Halloween where they pan to the different angles of the house. They do it in that house and then they go to the end. There's a box, like a filing box, and right next to it is Lori's as Michael's mask. And then you hear Don't Feed the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, and then the end of Halloween ends. So I will say this, guys. I did have a good time watching this film. I my and my expectations were tempered from the early re negative reviews about it. I will say this though. I think it's very. I think this is a film that is going to be like it's just like Halloween three and Halloween two, the Rob Zombie version. They're going to be a film that is going to be totally, totally denied and totally fucked with. And but when we look at it, it's actually a really solid horror film. Do I think it's the weakest of the trilogy? Yes. So on a scale of 1 to 10, where do I rank it? Good score. Good concept of a story trying to do a different Halloween film. Lori is great in this. Michael is good in this as well. Before we could, the Corey Cunningham uh, character is really good. Mixed reviews. Um, 
I will say this that for the runtime, the first hour of the ha- the first hour of this kind of dragged for me. Um, the negative things, not enough Michael Myers in this because if the concept had been done better, you wouldn't need Myers in it. Because I'm gonna tell you why here in about five in the next five minutes. Also, Haskins, Hawkins, excuse me. Why can we get more Hawkins in this movie? I'm a big Will Patton fan. Why not put him in? Why? Why? But overall, on a scale of one to ten, I'm gonna give it a seven point two out of ten. 7.25 out of 10. I think that's really good. <clears throat> it's a good conclusion, I think, in this for this. And I think it's good. Now, where does it rank with the rest of the Halloween films? And let me pull up my ranking here on Letterboxd. Excuse me. Because I'm going to pull this up real quick. And I'm going to go from worst to best. And that's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. Man, oh, man. So let's talk about it. And it's I had I'm gonna update this on my Facebook later, but I'm gonna give it to you guys right here right now. So the bottom of the, there are 13 films in this franchise, and I'm gonna start at number 13, the worst of the bunch, Halloween Resurrection, shit ass movie. I hate this fucking movie. I refuse to watch it. Plain and simple. I hate watching a marathon. Don't. There are some cool ass shots of Michael in this with cinematography. The score is okay, but it's just it's just blah. The way Lori dies in this, it's just horrible. The next film on the list, uh, number 12, I'm going to go with the Rob Zombie Halloween movie. The first hour of this, the first half of this film, I fucking cannot stand. The Backwoods, Michael Myers, bullshit. Not a fan of it. But the second half of it is a ramped up Halloween 1978 version of John Carpenter's film, and I actually like it. So, yeah. Number 11, I'm going to go Halloween Father Avenger, Michael Myers. I actually have a good time with this film, despite the flaws of it. There are some, I don't like they made Jamie Lloyd a mute. It can be very boring. Don Shanks is really good as Myers in it, Michael Myers in it. Problem is, though, the mask he has is fucking atrocious. <coughs> and Dr. Loomis is kind of a creep in this, and I'm not a big fan of his portrayal. <coughs> Excuse me. But overall, it's a, it's a solid Halloween film. <coughs> number, that was 11. So number 10, we're going to go Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. One of the best Myers masks in this film. One of the best performances of Myers in this. Some badass shots. The problem is, the story went left and right, back and forth. You didn't know where it was going to go, what it was. There's two different cuts. And if you really tie them in together, it's, it's a solid Halloween film. But the, the way they treated Jamie Lloyd in this film, the fact that Daniel Harris is not in this movie, I'm just not a very big fan of that. So that was 10 through 13. So let's go up. And by the way, Outside of Resurrection and the first half of the Rob Zombie's Halloween film, I would watch these films anytime or whatever. I don't hate none of these movies. Halloween Resurrection, I can't stand. And the first half of the Halloween Rob Zombie film, I can't stand. But outside of that, I enjoy all these enjoy those these films. So number uh, nine, I believe. Wait, wait, we'll see. I'm, I'm, I, sorry, guys. I'm so sick. So Resurrection. Yeah, so number... Uh, So I'm I'm sorry guys I'm I'm out of it. All right, so wait a minute. Resurrection, Rob Zombie, Halloween Five. Let's see. Okay, so the next one on the ranking, we're gonna go with. I'm gonna give a little love to Halloween Three: Season of the Witch. Now I will state this: this is a really good horror film. Some really cool kills, good score. The the idea, the concept, what they went with, making Halloween an anthology series. And I will state this. This is a damn good horror film. The problem is it's in the Halloween franchise. That's the only issue with this film. John Carpenter, I'm a big fan of, but why in the fuck would you want to make this a Halloween anthology series? Makes me. 
The next one on the list, I'm going to go with The New Boy, The New Block in Town, Halloween Ends. It's right there. I like this film. I have a good time with it. You know, it's the worst of the trilogy in my opinion, but it will go there. So, so we're now in the top seven, y'all. So the top seven, these are all the films that I consider the head honcho Halloween thing. So number seven, I'm going to get some shit for this, but I'm going with Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I fucking love this movie. I will continue to support this film. Rob Zombie want to do a different type of Halloween film, and he did it. There are some things I don't agree with. I don't agree with Michael fucking saying the word die. I don't agree with why, why Sherry Moon Zombie is in this film is the white horse. I don't understand. I'm not a fan of that, but I will admit, I do like this film. I think this film is really good on a lot of merits and whatever. So number six, we're going to go with Halloween 2018. I'm a big fan of this film. Um, I love this fucking movie. I think it's a good film. Um, some of the script and some of the scenes with the cops or whatever, the funny, the forced dialogue. I missed it when Allison's dad says, got peanut butter on my penis. Just little things like that. But overall, badass performance from Myers. Badass performance as, as uh, Lori. Um, Allison's really good in this. You see the comings of what happens. But I do like this film. Now we go to the top five, the head honchos of the Halloween films. All five of these films, in my opinion, are good horror class, good horror films to classics. Number five, I'm going to go with Halloween H2O. The reason why this film is the one biggest gripe that I have with Halloween. There's two gripes. One, it does feel like a scream movie. And two, it's not long. If Halloween... H2O had an extra 15 to 20 minutes. It'd probably be top three in this franchise. It's a damn good film. To me, it's a significant end. If you wanted to end the franchise on this with Lori, you could have. But obviously, we did get the end. Number four. We're going to go with the original Bad Boy, the 1981 Halloween 2. I will say this. This film, when I first saw it years ago as a kid, I didn't like it that much. Now I like it. Um... I think Dick Warlock is really good as Michael Myers, even though he has that robotic walk to him. But obviously, you know, there's it's a very they up they amp the gore up in this. Really good kills. Um, the hospital scene, hospitals creep me out anyway, so I like it. Lori is okay in this. I feel like this out of all the her films outside of Resurrection, this is her least bettering performance. She's really good in this though. Um, you know, Loomis is excellent in this. I just I like the score too. So it was really good. Top three, baby. Number three, Halloween Kills. I'm a big fan of this fucking movie. Really like Halloween Kills. It is the best portrayal of Myers since the original one, in my opinion. He is just, it's balls to the wall. Metal as shit. Really good. Um, the story gets a little bit on and off with the whole mental patient and the mob mentality. Evil does tonight, excuse me, as I have the hiccups, but... I will continue to support Halloween Kills. I think it gets way too much shit for people. I'm a Halloween Kills fanatic. Number two is my the one that's closest to my heart. Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. This is the first Halloween film I ever saw. It is still one of my favorite ones. I have a good time with Halloween 4. The issues I have with it. Uh, first, I'll do the positives. Jamie Lloyd is Daniel Harris. Daniel Harris, Jamie Lloyd is excellent. George P. Wilburn as Myers is good. Loomis is really good in this. You've got, obviously, the whole thing with uh, Rachel as a final girl. I'm a big Rachel fan. I feel like I, that's the one thing about Halloween 5 I hated, outside of the Tina character, because it killed off Rachel. And I feel like Rachel was really good as a final girl. But 
the biggest issue gripe I have with this film is the Myers mask. Myers mask in this is bullshit. Four and five could have been so much better if they had a better mask. But this is number two in the franchise. And obviously number one is the GOAT. The greatest horror film of all time, in my opinion. The greatest slasher flick of all time at that. Halloween 1978, John Carpenter's original classic. Film every time I watch it. I can't, it's one of the films I try to nitpick, try to find something I don't like. And there's nothing on here I don't like. It, it, there's nothing on there I, that I do not like or I can nitpick. I'm a big fan of the film. It's one of my favorite horror. It's my outside of the crow. It's my second. It's my favorite outside of the crow. Is my favorite movie of all time. Big fan of the franchise, and that's what it says. So basically, one through thirteen is ranked for you guys. I'm gonna post it on my Facebook today as I record this. I'm recording this on Thursday, you know, October twenty seventh. I'll try and get out to next week. But overall, guys, this is a damn good movie. Uh, uh, overall, it's, it's been a really good, uh, really good ride with these thirteen films. Outside of the first half of the Halloween of Rob Zombie's film. 2007 and the resurrection film i would watch any of these films any day of the week so plain and simple guys now let's talk about what do i think the halloween franchise goes from now so obviously blumhouse will not have the rights to the franchise anymore so they're trying to figure out what is this going to do will this be the last halloween film here's the way i look at it my opinion i think the franchise should call it a day i think it's just time to let it go However, I will state this. If you're going to bring Myers back for another film, I think the best idea, Michael has been handcuffed to Laurie Strode in uh, these 13 films, 12 of them. Even four, five, and six is about Laurie. It's about her daughter, you know, Jamie. I personally would love to see Halloween... I would love to see Halloween bring Myers back and do something different. Now, obviously, every fanboy wants Jamie Lo Daniel Harris come back as Jamie Lloyd for one more film. I would like that idea if they did it the right way. I don't think there's a way to do it though at this point because now you got so many this this franchise. There's a YouTuber called Cody Leach. Obviously, Halloween is known for five timelines. He did a video where he counted there was ten of them. You can done ten timelines. But overall, guys, I still think. If they were to do this, to bring Myers back, the option I would do, you do something totally different where Myers is basically, you know, you can do the Halloween Returns thing where Myers was on death row and he, you know, that whole thing and Myers gets out of that. Gets out of that. You can do the bring back Jamie Lloyd and do Halloween 6 the right way. Hell, you can fucking do something with them if they really wanted to, you know, do something where you know you you know Myers is dead now. They killed Michael off and put him in a grinder. He's dead. If they really, really, really wanted to do make this right, I think you can go that. Hell, if you want to, you can write another after Halloween two, the original Halloween two. You can do something where, you know, the hospital Michael is supposedly dead and he they never find his body in the hospital. You can do something where. You know, Jamie, the whole Jamie Lloyd, whatever. Michael is a trash this town, and he can't find Lori, so he he's back in the town. He's just killing people. You can do something like that, hell, or you can do the one thing that everybody want, doesn't want here. You can go off the season of Witch and make a sequel to that. Make some anthology films. You can do something where you can do a, a sequel to Season of Witch and do a new, new and do two more films of that. There's a lot of things you can do, but if I was in charge of it. It's going to make money no matter what. Just let the franchise end on a good note. But overall, guys, 
It's been a really interesting episode of a conversation with Shelby Green. I've been under the weather, guys, but I'm, I got this episode out today to you guys. I'm proud of. I'm I'm very happy with the feedback I've been getting from you guys and everything else. And I will let you know this too. Next week on the show, I will be reviewing the the, the new Hellraiser movie on Hulu. I've been put. I was gonna do that before I did the Halloween thing, but I got behind with vacation. So next week, we're going to do Hellraiser, and we're going to talk a little bit. We're going to preview Crown Jewel, talk about WWE and what they've been doing. But overall, guys, it's been a hell of an episode talking about Halloween. And I just remember one thing. I don't bullshit. I just tell it like it is, straight up.